WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Okay, let's look at the fight last Thursday at Cleveland objectively. Objectively. Miles Garrett went ballistic. He deserved what he got. Marquise Ponce kicked and punched. He deserved what he got. Ogan Joby knocking Rudolph over from behind when the situation had been resolved. He got a game. He deserved what he got. But Mason Rudolph started the actual fights. Garrett hit him a little late, but that's football. The only real complaint there was no flag got thrown. But then, on the ground, Rudolph started the actual fight. Rudolph tried to wrench off Garrett's helmet. Then, when that got broke up, Rudolph charged the Garrett. The caster was right there, and two other Steelers were approaching. Now, that don't mean Garrett should swing the helmet. But it does mean Rudolph was the igniter. Rudolph probably should have got a game. Rudolph certainly was not blameless. Of course, the whole process brought absolute idiots out of the woodwork. O.J. Simpson absolved Garrett. Uh, Of course he did. Josina Anderson of ESPN insinuated that Rudolph must have used a racial slur because she had never seen Garrett act like that ever. She must not remember back to week one when Garrett punched the Tennessee Titan or week two when he put the Jets quarterback out for the year with the late hit. Anderson later retracted, but did not apologize because she doesn't need to. Aditi Kinkabwala on ESPN blamed the Steelers for calling a pass play because that gave Garrett the chance to sack Rudolph. She said, just run a draw and go home. Gee, you and Josina just aren't going to blame Garrett, and I wonder why. You know, everybody says what a nice... Uh, person Adita Kikabwala is. She's incompetent, she's a stooge, and she's a fool. I'm tired of pretending she's anything but those things. Read her work, read her tweets, you'll conclude exactly the same things. And that crap by Anderson and Kikabwala is stupid. It went off the deep end. But Rudolph probably should have got a game. Uh, Max Kellerman said that on ESPN, and having thought about it, I agree. Captain Nemo brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Jeremy Fowler just reported that Garrett intends to argue he was provoked by a shot to the groin for Mason Rudolph. Yo, I saw that photo where it looks like Rudolph's kicking him in the nuts. Rudolph didn't. That photo's an illusion. If you look at the video, there was a point where his leg was flailing, but it wasn't a kick. If contact was made, it was incidental. You people wouldn't understand that because you don't have groins. But nonetheless, that's just absurd. Uh, Now, I'm not outraged that Rudolph didn't get suspended. Just a fine. That's okay. But he wasn't blameless. I thought Rudolph looked bad after the fact, too. He got tossed around like a rag doll. He made faces like a buffoon. Rudolph just looked weak, like a punk. Not at all tough. 
I'm sure you're going to disagree, and you're supposed to. You're Steeler fans. But you almost can't disagree that Rudolph stinks. He started seven games. If you've seen Mason Rudolph make any tangible progress, I'd love to know what it is because I just don't see it. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs. That loss to Cleveland damaged them too much. It wouldn't surprise me if Cleveland comes to Heinz Field a week from Sunday and finishes the job and sweeps the Steelers and pretty much eliminates the Steelers. Uh, Cleveland is starting to come on a bit. They're going to have confidence coming to Heinz Field. We had a brief period where we fooled ourselves into thinking the Steelers were in it. And, hey, I'm as guilty as anyone else of indulging that. But uh, it's over, Johnny. They would have to do what they're not capable of to make the playoffs. I think they'd have to win five of the next six. I just don't see it. Their schedule sucks. The schedules for a lot of teams suck. I just don't see it. Oh, now Sheldon Richardson of the Browns says that Rudolph was scratching at Garrett's face. You know, I thought the Browns were a little too logical and gracious and apologetic immediately after the game Thursday. But then they got their thought process a, a, a little more clear. They all got their story straight, and now it's not Miles Garrett's fault. The NFL is full of scumbags. It is owned by scumbags. It is run by scumbags. It is coached by scumbags. It is played by scumbags. And every time these guys open their mouth, nine out of ten times, you know what you think? Aha! Scumbag! Let's go to Rob in the car. Rob, you're on with Mark. Hey, Double M, how are you? What up? Um, why with such little time left on the play clock, did they even, why did they not just kneel the ball? Like, what was the purpose of really going for that play anyway? Oh, okay, Aditi. Uh, does that mean Garrett should take his head off, his helmet off and swing it at him? No, I, it's still reprehensible, but I'm just saying it. a situation like that could be avoided when the game was kind of out of touch anyway. Yeah, I play till the end. You know, maybe you're a quitter, a loser. Maybe you give up. You sound like it, to be honest, but I play till the end. Right, fair. Thank you for the call. And the fact that you did not respond to me calling you a quitter and a loser, somebody gives up, indicates that you are indeed a quitter, a loser, and somebody who gives up. Hey, you know what? Taking a knee would have been okay by me, all kidding aside. But the fact that the Steelers didn't, the fact that they ran a pass play, doesn't justify anything that happened after. It just simply does not. Let's go to Dan at Homestead. Dan, you're on with Mark. Hey, hey Mark, first time, long time, big fan. Great. Um, do you think Mason Rudolph could have been benched after that terrible performance without not, the fight happening? Not for Duck. As bad as Mason Rudolph is, Duck's worse. Yeah, is there any chance that you think Mason will ever get benched? I mean, as long as not Duck for Duck, option. not for Duck. I mean, maybe. Who knows what Tomlin and 
and uh, Coach Randy's thought process is, I think Duck's useless. He won a game, I know, huzzah. He has a cool nickname, Duck, huzzah. He does duck calls, huzzah. But he stinks. He's an Obi-Wan jabroni jerk-off backup from Samford College who can't play a lick. I agree with you. I think that Rudolph's proving that he's definitely not going to be the option, so why not? Oh, he stinks, too. Flyer and give him a chance. Why, why not do what? Why not take a flyer and give give Duck a chance, let him I could have like sworn I just described every reason why not. What a part, What about that didn't you understand? Which part of Obi-Wan jabroni jerk-off backup from Sanford didn't you get? Uh, I got all of it. <laughs> Thank you. You're right. Let's just give him a chance. Yay, yay, Duck. Yay, quack, quack. Yay, play Duck. Stupid idiot. Let's go to Zach in the car. Zach, you're on with Mark. Good day, sir. I said good day. So do you think Miles Garrett just laid on Rudolph a little longer than he should have, causing a frustration for No. Okay. That that I mean, seriously, bro, watch an average NFL game. That kind of stuff happens all the time. And I completely agree with you. The hit was a little late. Yeah. But not that late. It wasn't particularly violent, was it? I didn't think it was very violent. I just thought it was before the helmet got ripped off, it looked like stuff that normally happens when someone is down in an NFL game. You know you know what touched it off? Mason Rudolph's a big friggin' baby. He's a big baby. He was frustrated about how bad he played, about the four interceptions, maybe about all the injuries too, and he just acted out like the big friggin' baby he is at the end of the game. Now, again, and I repeat myself so much about this, it doesn't justify what Garrett did, but it does mean nope. Rudolph started it, he extended it, and he's a big friggin' baby. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Anthony in Indiana. Anthony, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, I was calling uh, here to, uh, I guess, speak to you here about the tussle that R- Rudolph had. Uh, from from what I've seen, the very first play, as soon as i seen it happen, I thought, why is Mason Rudolph grabbing at this guy's face in his helmet? There's gonna, I knew there, a fight was going to break out. Uh, to be a quarterback in the NFL, you got to keep your cool. It doesn't matter what's going on. That really showed his weaknesses that day. Mark, what do you think about that? I totally agree. Let your teammates take care of it, which they did eventually upon extreme provocation. But all Rudolph needed to do was just get up and get to the huddle. He's Agreed, a big sir. baby. He played like crap and he acted out. He's a big baby. Got big teeth, too. Let's go to Dan in Westmoreland. Dan, very quickly. Hey, Mark, how you doing today? Long-time listener, first-time caller. What up? Uh, not too much. I was wondering if uh, Big Ben's still at his wiener. Uh, if he had it in your ear, yes. That's why you can't hear me right now. Boy, another Big Ben hate call. But you know what? With Ben, they're good. Without Ben, they stink. Let me say it again. With Ben, they're good. Without Ben, they stink. In case you didn't hear me because you had something in your ear. With Ben, they're good. Without Ben, they stink. No Ben, no chance. No Ben, no chance. No Ben, no chance. We're giving away Penguin tickets for Friday in just a little bit. We should switch this up and get hockey calls because honestly... Rudolph sucks, the Steelers suck, their fans suck, this town sucks. 
So let's turn it to the Penguins. Penguin calls next. I'd love to get them. Or Kaepernick calls. Anything so we don't have to talk about that big baby Rudolph and the Steelers who are fading like a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox. Juju with the knee, Connor with the shoulder. The knee and the shoulder are a hell of a long way from the heart, you candy asses. 105.9 X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Hey, well, I'm not sure. It's just big and it's soft and I use a bunch of pillows and I snore. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. We've got a ticket giveaway at the end of this segment. And then we got the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang, to talk Penguins hockey at the bottom of the hour. I got all these tweets. Steelers are 2-6 and six in Ben's last eight starts, fat ass. Yeah, that's the great thing about small samples. Hey, remember that game that Ben lost? He was 0-1. Rudolph stinks. The Steelers' offense stinks. They got a bunch of guys easily injured on offense. Their offensive line is over the hill. Defense is pretty good. But we saw on Saturday... That's just not enough. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's talk to JD in the car. JD, you're on with Mark. Mark, good day. I said good day. Uh, many of the uh, many of the uh, folks are talking about this Kaepernick thing that you know he showed he could still throw the ball. He's still NFL worthy. He showed he uh, could still throw really- the ball to receivers who weren't being covered. He was brilliant in that regard. Exactly. No defense, no pass rush. I mean, on some you know high school field in Podunk, Georgia. What he really proved to everybody is he's still going to be a pain in the ass if anybody signs him. No I question. Mean, you know, that's, it, it was like that's he whole, went to a job interview and gave prospective employers the finger before and after the interview. Exactly. And, you know, talking about transparency and that whole, his whole version of I have a dream, I want to play for the NFL. Uh, you know what? Every NFL owner, even the ones that ended up showing up, even though we changed it at the last minute, there's no way anybody's going to sign this guy unless they're absolutely desperate and then they're going to have to pay the price for it. I think they would have to be more than absolutely desperate. I, I don't think he gets hired unless some kind of death ray from outer space kills every other quarterback. And he wouldn't get killed because he's not really a quarterback. He just isn't any good. Then again, that would spare Mason Rudolph and Duck. In the land of all the dead quarterbacks, the Duck is king. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's go to Mike on Route nineteen. Mike, you're talking to Mark. What up, Mike? What up, man? Yo, I'm with you. No bad, no chance, but. You think the Steelers made the wrong decision picking Rudolph over Dobbs? That's a good question. Uh, I could I could answer that with uh, with a, a different statement. I think they'd be better off right now with Landry Jones. Landry Jones did oh, yeah. better when he played than Rudolph is now, right or wrong? Correct. So, uh, you know what? I'd rather have Dobbs right now than Rudolph, yes. Right this second, yes. I'm with you, man. I- Rudolph looks scared to death out there, and that ties into that fight where he just looked like this big flailing baby making all kinds of bizarro world faces. There's no way to look at that fight and think that Rudolph looked like anything 
but a sissy Mary. Like a baby who got bounced around like a ping pong ball. Let's go to Carson and Carmichael's. Carson, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Great show. Um, how frustrated do you think Big Ben is having probably coaching Rudolph and watching him? No, he's not He's game. not coaching Rudolph. Uh, I think Ben's frustrated because he can't play, especially this late in his career. I think that's the extent of Ben's frustration. Let's go to Brian and Carrick. Brian, you're on with Mark. Hi, Mark. What up? Hey, uh, I have a hockey question, man. Okay. Uh... I'm like, um, I, I really like uh, Gachinyak, the guy now, you know, the Kessel Trey from Arizona, you know. The yeah, I, I'd like a better if he scored occasionally. Yeah, I know. I mean, what do you think if they say if he stays healthy, he may score? I mean, he may score this year, this season. The way he's playing right now, if he stays healthy, I would say five. Maybe. No, I mean, who knows? He's got to play better than this, but. Uh, He's wasted a quarter of the season. He was hurt for a bunch of that, but he's wasted a quarter of the season. Going to give away some tickets. Penguins general manager Jim Rutherford gets inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame tonight. And to honor the man they call GMJR, the Penguins are giving out Jim Rutherford bobblehead dolls to everyone in attendance at tomorrow night's game. You don't want to miss this celebration for the man who helped bring the Penguins back-to-back Stanley Cups. Make sure you're there. Get your tickets now at PittsburghPenguins.com. And right now, caller number 11 to 412-333-9939 wins a pair of tickets to Friday's game between the Penguin and the Devil. That's 412-333-9939, caller number 11. And go to PittsburghPenguins.com right now to get tickets for tomorrow night. Mike Lang up next, 105.9. This is Brian Rust of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you are listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 105.9 The X. The Penguins general manager, Jim Rutherford, gets inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame tonight. My guest right now is a man who's been there and done that. Always a pleasure to talk to the voice of Pittsburgh hockey. He is the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. Uh, Mike, as I mentioned, Jim Rutherford gets inducted into the Hall of Fame tonight. Uh, Very deserved, a great honor, and boy, Jim has quite a resume, doesn't he? Well, he's done quite a bit in his NHL uh, livelihood, uh, you know, from a goaltender to to working his way through the ranks and uh, has done a great job as a general manager, not only uh, here but uh, also in Carolina and in Hartford as well. So it uh, it warms me to see him go in. He's a classy person, uh, one of the best that we've been around, and uh, and it's uh, I'm sure it's a thrilling moment for him. He's nervous as hell, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> but he'll get through it and he'll do well. Now, you're in the Hockey Hall of Fame, Mike. Uh, does the honor seem even bigger as the years go by and more and more people like Jim Rutherford join you? Without question. And uh, it, uh, when you're honored by your peers, the people that are in the game, uh, that means an awful lot to somebody that's involved in it. And uh, I'm sure that's the first thing that hit him is, uh, you know, these people respect what you've done and uh, what you've lent to the game of hockey. And, I think that's more the overwhelming part than anything else, and, and the most appreciable is the fact that uh, you know there's there's a limited number of people that are going in, and uh, and and you're one of them, and uh, it it makes you reflect really on your whole career, where you've come from, and uh, and who's been a part of it uh, during the course of your life. So uh, I'm sure it's a it's a cherished moment for him and uh, him and his family, and 
and everybody that's known him. I mean, anybody that's known Jim Rutherford really will have just uh, loads of uh, compliments about how he is as a person. And uh, to a man, I think, or a woman, uh, they'll tell you that they have a lot of respect for him. Mike, that was quite an effort against Toronto Saturday. Uh, does that rank among the Penguins' best games this year? They actually have been playing this way for the, about uh, the last three weeks on a steady basis. Uh, it didn't surprise me. And in fairness to Toronto, let's be let's open it up here and talk a little bit about what they played an extra game than the Penguins did during the course of the week. I mean, it has so much uh, you can do with the schedule. Uh, you know, a back-to-back situation for them. I'm not going to defend how the game went for them. Uh, uh, they're they're going through it day in and day out. They've lost five in a row. Uh, and you had to feel for them a little bit because their legs really weren't there. And conversely, uh, the Penguins uh, have had their legs, and they've had them in all these games, uh, and despite a couple of losses uh, last week, in games that I think they were the better team, and they should have won those games. So they could conceivably you know, being on a pretty good winning streak right now. This is the best that I've seen the Penguins play in uh, since the cup year, the last cup year. And uh, they're serving notice that they're going to be involved against uh, the top teams and play play hard, and they do. They play really hard hockey against teams. Whenever a star gets hurt like Crosby is now, everybody wonders what the Penguins are going to do. And I'm sure that amuses you, Mike, like it does me, because they've done it before, haven't they? Yeah, they have, and, and uh, the whole center of attention goes to Malkin, it goes to Murray. But quite frankly, you look at the results of what this team has done, and it's been a complete team effort, and that's where it's continuing. And that's the that's the backbone of the leadership from within uh, that Sid has helped install. And, and other players that have been on this Cup team, Brian Dumoulin, Brian Russ, some others, who have kind of filtered down and become the leaders of this whole, whole new unit. And then you've got the young kids in here, and it, it is something to really behold and, and see take hold, and that's where your 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 wins are going to come from. Those guys, uh, you know, they keep them with a four line system that they've used. I know I I beat that to death, but it, it's what works for the Penguins, and it's what gives them right now the best in the league at shots against. They have the best record in the NHL, fewest shots against of any team in the league. They've only taken one less penalty than Winnipeg who has played two games more. They've been disciplined. They're doing a lot of right things right now, but as a team. And uh, so they can, you know, survive, if you will, if somebody uh, of a key importance like Crosby and uh, and Malkin earlier in the year have gone down. And we give a lot of credit to Mike Sullivan and that coaching staff has kind of re- – they've been reborn. I mean, that this team has been kind of reborn, and Jimmy Rutherford's a part of that too in their effort to get back to playing Penguin hockey the way they want to. And it's pretty obvious to me that right now, at least at this point, they're in that uh, that zone. I agree, and I also agree with what you said about Brian Rust a moment ago. Uh, six goals and ten points in nine games, and his skating just sets a tone. Uh, Rusty gets a little bit better every year, it seems. Well, he's a pro, I mean, and he's learned. He's had to adjust his game all the way uh, along the line to – to stay in the National Hockey League. He's as versatile as any player in the NHL. We all know that. I mean, he can play left wing, right wing, first line, fourth line, kill penalties. And if you ask him to play on the power play, he could play there easily. Uh, that's the kind of player that he is, but he's just developed better and better year by year. The Penguins have a lot of those players that have come along and, and worked. Even let's look at Justin Schultz, even who was kind of given up on in, in Edmonton. And uh, and some of these other players, Brian Dumoulin, what a leader he has become. He's the most underrated defenseman. 
in the National Hockey League, in my opinion. So you've got a lot of guys here who are really uh, have developed their game here on a key high level, and uh, they've got cups to show for it, and uh, that's part of the uh, the progress and what they carry over to kind of keep this uh, you know quest of another year of a playoff spot uh, in in full full frontal uh, you know read for them to be able to try and accomplish it again. Uh, another guy, Dominic Cahoon, big night against Toronto. Uh, what do you see in Cahoon so far? I see an awful lot right now. I see an awful lot. I see a twenty goal score. I do. I think he's a he's a, a the last week week and a half he has been a completely different player. And if he plays like he's playing now, to me you can put twenty in the bank. He's he's got enough talent and he's got enough hockey smarts. He has shown me a lot here in the last week and a half. Uh, and the games that he's played. And that's a good sign. I mean, you can't have enough of those type of players, and I think he's going to fill the net. I think he's going to start scoring some goals uh, even more on a regular basis. So uh, that's, a, that's a good find for Jimmy Rutherford and uh, this crew, and I, I really believe that sincerely. What I've seen, uh, he's a much better player than even I anticipated he would be. We're talking to Mike Lang, the Hockey Hall of Famer. He's brought to you by California University. Uh, Mikey, as far back as I can remember, you've always been a big proponent of rolling four lines. And boy, the Penguins have quite a fourth line now, don't they? Uh, they do. Uh, <laughs> well, if you want to call them the fourth line, right now with the injuries and everything involved, they'd probably be ranked as third. With you talking Bluger and uh, and Zach Aston Reese, right, right, and and of course uh, Tanov. Yeah, they might even be the second line on a good night right now. Yeah, Tanov's moved up. He's gonna. He's playing with with. Uh, uh, with the McCann and, and Cahoon, but uh, you've got Lafferty in there now, uh, playing on that line, and yeah, that's kind of an all Wilkesbury line that uh, has come along and done pretty well. They're using uh, uh, Joseph Blandisi at center with uh, Galchenyuk and Dominic Simone, and uh, but they they play the same way. They they play the same way every night, and if you can keep that and that ability to forecheck. Uh, they're just not giving up shots. I mean, they're doing a terrific job of keeping the other team at bay, and they can use those lines against the top lines too, and then mix in a top line when they want to make a change against somebody in particular. Particular. So that's what's been kind of the key to Mike's success, I think, in, in in making it work for them, and getting the opportunity to be in games every night and win their share of them. And uh, you know, hopefully for them, it's going to continue, and, and the injury bug's going to kind of take a seat uh, somewhere in the Allegheny uh, for, for a change here. I mean, all the sports teams here are just getting murdered uh, with injuries. So it's, it's a tough game. It's not easy to play. Do you believe a team's line should play any different, Mike? I know talent dictates that to some degree, but you want certain similarities from line to line, don't you? Well, you have it. You, you, you want that jump, Mark, first and foremost. You want that jump. Coming off the bench, you want that jump to want to want the puck. Pursue it. Go after it, and that's the key. I mean that that uh, and uh, your talent's going to come along and follow it. I mean that's just a, uh, a natural thing. So if you can get that 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 urgency, if you will, and it's hard to do on sixty minutes uh, to play that way. Um, when you when you see another line come off, man, you timing is perfect, and you're on, and you want the puck. And uh, if you can get that that urgency, uh, that makes you a better hockey club, and then your talent, just natural talent. Uh, takes over and what you do uh if you play that way you do you wear people down you and and it's true what mike talks about we want to be hard to play against when you have that time of atmosphere and that 
uh, that speed that the Penguins have, you create a lot of problems for the opposition. Well, that speed's a huge factor for the Penguins. I think they've kind of recaptured the speed that they had back in 16 and 17 with some of the personnel they've picked up. And uh, you got to say that's a big part of the PK, right? That hasn't allowed a goal in nine games, uh, 20 for 20 over that span. That's an amazing stretch, isn't it? Well, it is. And I go back to what I said to the outset of this uh, conversation is the fact that they've been so much more disciplined. They're taking so many fewer penalties than they have uh, even the last couple of years. And, I mean, they're just one off being the lead leader. Quite honestly, uh, they've played two more games, Winnipeg. So per game basis, the Penguins are the least penalized team in the National Hockey League as far as chances against. So there's something to that. And when you've got Evgeny Malkin with one penalty on the year, who has led the club, what, the last three years in penalty minutes? There's something changed. And, uh, you know, who knows? You may even see Gino out there killing penalties. <laughs> he used to be it's pretty good at it. That. I remember when he was a kid and he played for <laughs> Russia's team. I forget if the Olympics or World Cup or World Championships. He was uh, brilliant at it. And really, we've seen a lot of good stuff from Gino, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And uh, he's he's possessed right now to want to uh, want to be a big part of this team. And if it's, if as people talking about him carrying the team, he loves it. I mean, uh, any you're a, you're a hockey player, and and that's what you get paid to do. And he's among the best and has been for the last uh, number of years. And he's been in the National Hockey League, and he wants to excel. He wants to, you know, show people that he is a uh, a genuine uh, star in this league, and he'll he'll be there. And uh, and what amazes me really is uh, the way he's kind of tempered his uh, uh, <clears throat> physical uh, extension, if you will, uh, or in taking penalties and, and being a part of that. He's just played some hockey, and he's played it on a top rate basis. Uh, the Islanders are in town tomorrow. They started out hot. They're hot again. They've won. Three in a row, that's just a good hockey team. I look at the roster, and boy, the hole's greater than the sum of the parts, Mike. They're a good team. Uh, they're from uh, from top to bottom. Uh, down the middle, they're strong. Uh, their goaltending's been magnificent. Tommy Grice is having a year of his life. He's playing great hockey in the in the goal for them. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a fluke. And uh, I go back and... I mean, it just I follow the I follow the money. Let's just let's put it that way. But it's not the same. I follow the goaltender, and who's uh, whose guide he's under. And there's Mitch Korn's name again, you know, right there front and center, taking another goaltender and making him a star uh, in this league. Uh, and he's part of Barry Trotz's uh, coaching staff. But every place he's been, you just look at it. Uh, what's happened with uh, goaltenders, and they are they they turn them around. And he's done a good job with Tommy Grice, and Grice is up this year, so he'll probably be in line for a payday like Leonard was. But, uh, you know, uh, and Varlamov is their backup at the moment. I mean, really, Grice is their go-to guy, I think, at the moment. But uh, they're solid in all aspects of the game, and uh, they're they're going to be tough to beat. And they play pretty much the four-line system, too. Um, and uh, I thought the Penguins really played well against them uh, in, in New York, and you get kind of a bragging uh, rights here, and although the Penguins are so shorthanded, uh, the Penguins want to show them that uh, if we meet in the playoffs again, we're going to be a different team this year. And I think they showed them that the first game, and I look forward to game the, the game tomorrow uh, to see how they respond against the Isles. Before we let you go, Mike, I want to go back to the Hall of Fame. Uh, we had Jim Rutherford on the show not long after he had the news that he had uh, got induction. Uh, how did you feel when that phone rang? Uh, what was that moment like for you? Well, I really 
didn't get a call until after it was announced. <laughs> wow! And uh, you got it, it secondhand. Kind of, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, but it uh, certainly uh, <laughs> it it moves you. It surprises you. Let's say that it wasn't by design that I wasn't contacted. It just it just turned out that way, <laughs> and uh, so uh, I was able to kind of cheer for myself <laughs> for a moment, and uh, then realize what had happened and. Uh, uh, moved on with it, but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. They they don't usually have uh, the Hall of Fame call the broadcasters or writers, as I recall, uh, and it's kind of passed down from uh, to the to the team uh, uh, personnel to let uh, let people know. So it's a little different setup, Mark, than it was uh, for uh, the big time induction. That's that's where it'll be tonight. They'll be in a little room, and it's magnificent in there. There's very few seats; they're crowded. But man, what an atmosphere! Just an absolutely stunning atmosphere of of, of everything that that hockey's about. And uh, I only wish fans could get inside that that uh, building and be a part of it. There's just so much limited space. Uh, but it is certainly a, a thrilling moment for everybody. Mikey, as always, tremendous insight. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll see you at the rink tomorrow night. All right, thanks, Mark. That is the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang, and. Uh... Boy, what a what a privilege it is to have Mike on this program as a regular and just to have known him all these years. He's been a tremendous influence on me, no question. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Uh we're gonna talk to uh Bob McLaughlin next. Uh if you didn't uh hear already, Mike Lang's in the Hall of Fame. No, Mike already knew that. Uh Motley Crew will be touring again. They promised in 2015 they wouldn't, and now they are. i got to be honest, four years for these groups reneging on their final tour promise, that shows remarkable restraint. Congratulations to Motley Crue, 105.9DX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. DX at 105.9. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin, brought to us by eight, uh, by Fox Bet. Make the call. Download the app today. Adults 21 and over. Bob, uh, I think Rudolph should have got suspended a game. Your thoughts? I would bet you disagree. I wouldn't want him to get it, but I would understand if he got one. Um, I thought that the dumbest thing he did was go after Garrett, after you know he had been pulled off and DeCastro had him and everything. I, I didn't really understand. And after Garrett had already taken his helmet. Yeah, and he was holding the helmet and, you know, could have done preposterous things with that helmet, which he then proceeded to do. But um, I'm okay with him not getting one. If he would have gotten one, I would have understood why. He- oh, no, and I'm not outraged that it turned out the way it did with him yeah. only getting fined. But it is worth noting he initiated and prolonged the actual fight. And having watched it many times now, Bob, what Garrett did when he hit Rudolph a little late, it was a little late. It wasn't overly violent. It didn't even draw a flag. I think Rudolph overreacted. He did overreact. It was late. Um, I thought he didn't fall with all his weight on him, but he did stay on him a little bit, and that's football. You said it in the 3 o'clock hour. That play happens, maybe not to that degree, but that type of play where a quarterback gets sacked or he gets knocked down and the defensive player lays on him for a second, my God, that's that's football. Um, but he did overreact a little bit, and like we just talked about, the getting up and going after him, I mean, 
You're the quarterback. Look at the size difference here. Just look at the difference. In well, and just take your medicine. You it's, lost. Exactly. Don't be a big baby. You played terrible. Let's just move on. I think he said he was frustrated. Absolutely frustrated. That was the icing on the cupcake. Uh, he didn't handle it well. But then again, Miles Garrett said, well, not handling that well, hold my beer. And did what he did. Do you agree that uh, Josina Anderson of ESPN was way out of line for insinuating that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur to provoke Garrett when there was no evidence whatsoever of that? Absolutely. As soon as I saw that tweet come out uh, and then disappear, I was like, whoa, whoa. Talk about overreacting here. You can't just step out there and make that assumption uh, without having anything to back it up. And then if you delete it, then you have to get asked about it or you have to explain what you meant. But, of course, that won't happen. That was just as ridiculous as the actual football play. Uh, yeah, and I think Josina Anderson should have been disciplined for that, but uh, that's just not going to happen. Totally unfair. Aditi Kinkabwala was just stupid, blaming it on the Steelers for running a pass play. How does that justify what Garrett did? It just doesn't. But again, she ain't going to get criticized or disciplined either. Didn't understand that one either. You played till the whistle. You know. She's a dope. We we have carried her water because people like her for too long. She's incompetent. Yeah, just that instance there. I mean, I follow her. I get some news from her. That incident's there. Again, just unnecessary. You know, you, you unnecessary and wrong. I guess wrong is the best word I should say. Yeah, just a couple dumb things. One, well, both tweeted. Aditi tweeted hers as well. Uh, the Kaepernick workout, what was your take on that? Uh, do you agree with Stephen A. Smith, as I do, that Kaepernick doesn't want to play quarterback in the NFL again? He just wants to maximize his martyrdom? Sure looks that way. It was a circus. It was a circus from the beginning on both sides. But for him to show up, though, in that shirt, you know, to move it, to show up in that shirt... Uh, and then it just every single time it looks like he's giving it, he's been given an opportunity there is a misstep and look mark i'm not saying that the nfl is handling this either we talked about this last week why did they even need a showcase you know any team could have worked him out if their team's interested perfect bring him in well right the nfl tried to almost shoehorn him back in the league exactly. via this That's workout a good word for it, it and was... Kaepernick did nothing but insult the league and its members Member teams before and after. Right. It, it, like I said, it's like you go to a job interview and defecate on the desk. As good as he looked, and you know, you read the experts that say, yeah, he's got a good arm still, he's in shape, he's got a laser. Yeah, that's just like his playing days. The actions around it were just enough to keep him on the outskirts of the NFL and to keep the conversation going. And, of course, you show up with Nike because as long as there's controversy, there's going to be sponsors because the brand is out there. And again, how many times have you talked about it? Callers have talked about it. In this day and age with sports, not just NFL, the brand too often outranks the actual play. Do you agree that if it wasn't for all the baggage, the Steelers could use Kaepernick? At this moment right now? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, the way he threw He's the better other day- than Rudolph. He's better than Duck. But it, it don't matter because you can't bring him in. You can't. Like, like, uh, God, I'm th- who's who's the coach who likes feet? Rex Ryan. Oh, Rex Ryan. Like yeah. he said, <laughs> that's how I remember him, Bob. Sorry. You know what though? Every listener, as soon as he said the coach, oh, Rex Ryan. Feet, everybody knew who you meant. Uh, he said he just couldn't bring in a backup quarterback who was going to be holding regular press conferences, and uh, you know what? That goes here. And plus, which 
let's say he brought Kaepernick in to start, which is a reasonable thing for the Steelers to think about doing, given their quarterback situation. How quick would he pick up the offense? How long would it take? How good would he be at it? There's too many variables. Absolutely. And we just got off of a season. The Steelers just got done with a season where the locker room was in quote-unquote turmoil, when there was too much outside stuff that was being asked about and handled and dealt with every single day in the locker room that had nothing to do with the actual play on the field. It's the last thing the Steelers would want right now, but that's exactly what you would get if you brought Colin Kaepernick in. That's Paul McLaughlin. I'm Mark Madden. In just a moment, 30 seconds away, in fact, I'm going to tell you how some of my heroes screwed me, but it's okay. 105.9 X.